Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We are back as we move into hour number two of Sports Open Line here on a Friday night, wrapping up our uh, first full week of being out here at spring training. And uh, we will continue to broadcast live from uh, Jupiter uh, moving forward into uh, next week. As always, if you uh, want to uh, comment on anything that we're talking about, one of the best ways to do so is on Twitter. Find me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And if you follow me during the course of the day as uh, activities are going on out here at camp, uh, we certainly uh, put out some videos and some pictures and things like that so you can uh, see it for yourself. If you were listening at this exact time yesterday, you heard me talk about the Corbin Burns situation in Milwaukee where Burns uh, loses an arbitration hearing to the Brewers, uh, comes out of it, openly admits that the relationship between him and the team is now uh, somewhat frayed, did not appreciate some of the things that the Brewers said about him inside of that hearing, and also uh, said that um, one of the things they said was basically blamed him for the Brewers not being a playoff team last year. So fast forward today, we find out that Ryan Helsley has also lost his arbitration hearing. He's going to make a little bit more than $2 million this upcoming season, as opposed to the $3 million that he filed for. Uh, We don't need to rehash everything that I said yesterday, but I will remind you, my overwhelming belief is that this system needs to go. This is not good for anybody. It is not good to walk your employees your employees into a room and then basically say how bad they are and that's that's what this system is now maybe i'm overstating things a little bit but that's the basic idea of the system and it's just not good it 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 frays relationships and that's not something you want well, uh, Ryan Helsley did speak uh, to the media uh, earlier today about the situation, about him losing uh, his uh, arbitration hearing, and this is what he had to say, the audio courtesy of Brendan Schaefer. Yesterday is history, right? And so just take each day as a new opportunity, you know, and commit to this team and go out there and help them, help us win games tonight, you know. I mean, that's all you can ask for, and, you know, just excited to go out there and help the guys this year. You had heard some of the horror stories. Tyler said he had sleepless nights. It bothered him for a while. Right. How do you not allow that to happen to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, just thank you for the opportunity. I'm just glad to be here where I am. You know, I mean, if the worst thing that happens to me is I make $2 million and not mm-hmm. three, you know, I'll be all right. You know, just trying to be thankful for the opportunities that I have, you know, and just cherish the moments I have in the game while I have Yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely tough. You know, you don't understand it until you experience it like a lot of things in life. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is at this point. I'm um, just trying to move on and, you know, be ready for the season. Do you draw motivation, information from 
that hearing? Yeah, you, for sure. You know, I think there's definitely things that they point out to you that, you know, maybe you could use to your advantage, you know, to help you, you know, in years to come if you do go back in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, but like I said, there's no, no hard feelings for me. Um, I know you've seen guys speak about that, but, uh, you know, I'm just excited to be here and be a part of this team. Did you, uh, did you all ever get to a place where you were going to be able to avoid it, whether it was before or anything that happened? Yeah, there was, there was some talks for sure. You know, um, they just never went anywhere. You know, uh, I think maybe the numbers are too far apart. You know, I don't really know. It's my first year. And, um, you know, just trusting my agency, you know, trusting where they told me where we thought we were. And, you know, like I said, we thought like we had a good case. And, Unfortunately, it didn't work out. Yeah, you know, the, the prep you have for that area, is that a situation where you kind of know going in these are the things that you're maybe going to say? Yeah, kinda... I mean, I knew going into it, what they were going to you know. Me personally, you know, I, mean, I feel like in life you got to be a pretty good self-evaluate, you know, so just looking back and thinking of some of the negatives, you know, on my career so far, I kind of knew where they were going to come from. You know, they're just really good at diving into those types of things. <laughs> Corbin Burns' video after his session, he was yeah, pretty upset, is it? Yeah, I mean. Not, I, not to I, that level? Yeah, no, think? no, I mean. I talked to some of the guys. I mean, I don't know how a guy like him loses a case like that. You know, he's yeah. been a Cy Young guy for three years. How does a guy like him walk in there and lose? You know, yeah, I had one great year, but that guy's been on top of the world for three years. You know, so it's it's a crazy system. You know, I don't understand it. You know, unfortunately, it doesn't favor the players, but uh, you know, it is what it is. And have to roll with it. He mentioned that the Brewers sort of pinned part of like them missing the playoffs, and he said they, that was brought up. Is, is that just a, something about the system that, in your mind, as a player, that like things like that? don't benefit anybody to have that come into play yeah for sure i mean i definitely think there's things that could be avoided you know i mean it's a relationship right you know it's a business and you don't want to make your employees mad no matter what business you're in so i mean um, that's definitely tough you know i definitely think there's some ways that they could go about it differently and maybe not try to attack players so personally for sure is there something that you think that would make the process maybe I don't know if easier is the right word but just like maybe you'd like to see I don't know. I mean, I was talking to somebody about that today. Maybe, you know, come up with some kind of algorithm for first, second, third year guys so you can avoid, you know, that kind of confrontation, so to speak. And, um, you know, they've obviously had their system for however many years now. But, um, I mean, maybe we'll see that in the future. You know? So that was Ryan Helsley speaking to the media earlier today. Again, that audio courtesy of our uh, friend Brendan Schaefer, who's going to be a guest on uh, Sports Open Line coming up on Monday. So if you want to hear from him, you'll be able to do so on Monday. Again, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I feel like I'm just repeating exactly what I said yesterday when talking about the Corbin Burns situation. A few differences. Uh, First off, there's not a lot of animosity, or at least there's not as much public animosity from Helsley towards the Cardinals as there was with Burns towards the Brewers, so that's good. Also felt like uh, Helsley had a really good attitude about things and saying, you know what, worst-case scenario, I'm making about $2 million. That's a good attitude to have. And then the third thing is when he was comparing it himself to Burns, he made the designation or the difference that, you know, Burns is somebody who has done this, had had great seasons three years in a row, and he's had a great season once. And it's just a little bit different because of the track record that exists there. So kind of defending Burns, but also in, in kind of his own way, saying that it's not a total apples to apples comparison. Um. He said that the Cardinals used against him his lack of um, durability, that that was something, and, and being able to uh, pitch you know, multiple days in a row and things like that, and, and evidently they pushed back a bit by mentioning the, uh, the multi-inning saves and things. It's just, it's just a bad situation, right? Like we, don't, we don't need to t- dig in on this too much. It's a really, really bad situation where you as an employee have to sit in a room and listen to – your bosses, the team that employs you, say why you don't deserve to make the money that you filed for. 
He mentioned an algorithm. I don't know what that would look like, but if there would be a way to essentially put everything into a computer and it spits out how much money you're going to make, I would like that better. Now, it would if you did that, it would have to be something that evolves because at some point in time, there's going to be something that somebody does that's really valuable and it's not going to show up anywhere in the algorithm. And then if a lot of people start having that happen, you know, for like a relief pitcher, if, if it uh, values saves, which in, in many ways, this, this, this does apply here. If the algorithm is going to uh, value saves, but you are a very valuable relief pitcher that doesn't generally pitch the ninth inning or pitches for a team that doesn't win a lot of games. So you don't have a lot of saves all of a sudden the, the number, the amount of money that you're going to get paid can be artificially inflated or deflated based off factors that have nothing to do with your skill level. So if they were to put in the algorithm system, they would have to do it in a way that a truly accounts for your level of play and that would take some time and some work. And then the second thing is you would have to be able to kind of be able to change it on a year-by-year basis. So obviously uh, this is something that players and owners and the commissioner's office, office would uh, all work together on because there it's not going to be perfect from the start and there's going to be areas of value that would not be valued in that and they would have to go figure that out. So may, look – Nothing's going to change in the current collective bargaining agreement. We're just into year number two of the current CBA. I don't know how important this is to the players from a big picture standpoint because it affects how many guys are really going to an arbitration hearing on on an every year basis. It's It's a handful of guys. So very few guys are impacted by this on an, on an annual basis. So when you're thinking about the things that you want to fight for, are you going to fight for the things that more impact the group as a whole, or are you going to fight for things that um, impact just a few people? The one thing I would say in response to that kind of playing devil's advocate is I think this has as much of a negative impact on like employee relations, for lack of a better term, as anything that exists in this game. So even though it's something that might not affect a ton of guys and might be something that more often than not, it affects a number of people that it's not something that would be fought for inside of the CBA, this might be worth it because it is just incredibly, incredibly uncomfortable. Good to see that Ryan Helsley did not kind of escalate to the point that Corbin Burns did, but it's still not a great situation by any stretch of the mind. All right, uh, when we return, we are going to be joined by uh, Daniel Esteve. You see him on Fox 2, also on Channel 11. He's down here in Jupiter covering uh, spring training, and he joins us in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line. We are broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sports Double Line does continue here on this Friday night. We're very happy to uh, welcome into the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in uh, Jupiter, Florida, Daniel Esteve from uh, Fox 2 and Channel 11, for that matter. They're, they're connected. What is it? The Power of Two? The Power of say? Two. Don't you forget yeah, it. Power <laughs> of Two. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's hard to complain when you're in Florida unless you've got a crazy sunburn. So I'll complain about that because I am about as red as a lobster. I don't think you look that red. No, not terrible, but this it is hurts. a horrible conversation it for hurts. radio, but whatever. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I'm still hurting a little bit, especially when I hopped in a hot shower yesterday. Um, so we're going to be doing more cold plunge-esque showers just for a couple days. Aloe? Yeah, a little bit. I had a little bit yesterday, but it hasn't done much. The lidocaine aloe? I think so. I don't know. One of the other writers gave me some, which was great. Okay, so I recommended to Brendan Schaefer mm-hmm. the aloe with lidocaine. And either he was being nice to me or it made a big difference for him. So He was my source. Okay, so that's I, what I'm rocking okay, right I now. I think you've got the lidocaine. And that's honestly, it feels better than yesterday. I can move my forehead okay. without pain. So that's good. I shouldn't say this. Somehow, some way. I mean, I'm, I'm a little darker than normal, but it doesn't take much. But somehow, some way, I've avoided the big burn. Yeah, I think a little bit of sunscreen and just smart clothing options certainly helps. I've been going pants the last two days, okay. which has helped. Yeah. But there's no avoiding the fact. I'm not going to come out here with long sleeves and try to cover the Cardinals all day. So I might as well just uh, suck it up or, you know, be smart and find sunscreen. But that's smart has never been my MO, really. Also, you TV guys are out on the patio a lot longer and you do a lot of your interviews out there. Like I'm back and forth. I'm into the clubhouse. I'm over here to do radio hits. Like I, uh, I get out of the sun for extended period of yeah. time during the day. I don't know if you have that. Uh, it's l- it's a waiting game for yeah. sure. I mean, today was a great example of it. I think Tyler O'Neill had committed to an interview in the morning around 8 a.m. And as people know, Tyler O'Neill loves to work out and no. loves to focus on his body just here and there. And I think he was the last one to leave at roughly. 3 o'clock, maybe 2.45. Okay. And thank goodness to him. God bless him. He was he was ready to go for the interview, and he appreciated us waiting. But um, but it was a long wait in the sun, and the umbrellas don't do much when, uh, when the sun's kind of moving around on you. Okay, so when I interview Tyler O'Neill, I almost feel obligated to ask some sort of, like, weightlifting, body maintenance. Like, and it is baseball relevant this year because he did stuff in the offseason to try to stay healthier. But I, I cannot interview him without bringing that up. Do you feel the same way? I mean, it's been his whole talk of the offseason. Yeah. And I'll actually share a bit of our conversation. He said that this was his best offseason yet in terms of working out. And I'm not going to say, oh, he looks great because the dude is huge. He always looks great. He always looks in good shape as well. But he says as far as the mental aspect, the physical aspect, he's never felt better. And he's looking forward to doing something this upcoming season, which if he does, it's a huge asset for the Cardinals. Sometimes you hear something and then that kind of changes the way you see things. We've been hearing about his off-season program. I was looking at him today. He was in the live BP session uh, with Miles Michaelis, 
I was looking at him, and to me, it felt like he looked leaner. And maybe yeah. he doesn't, but that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, and the sound off the bat was definitely different, which is great. He's always had power, but he, uh, when we were talking, a lot of his focus has been mobility, especially in his lower half in particular. But, I mean, that plays a huge role, the flexibility, the footwork into swinging as well. And you just see, as a complete baseball player, he's been shagging balls in the outfield as well. He's moving well. He's looking well. You just hope that translates for, you know, 162 during the season. He's the only outfielder that's ever really done it at a high level for a full season. Lars Newtbar did it for a half season last year, and that's it. Like even even Dylan Carlson doesn't have any of a track record. So uh, either Mo or, or or Marmel said it this past week: getting Tyler O'Neill back to who he was two years ago is the equivalent of adding a big bat like people wanted them to do in the offseason. And you love the confidence throughout that entire outfield. Obviously, Lars has been a fan favorite. Didn't one of the MLB polls show him as one of the top mm -hmm. voted right fielders in the league? I mean, you love that. And he was laughing about it at winter warmups. But Dylan Carlson, a lot of people talked about potential trade speculation, and he ended up being supported by Mo verbally saying, hey, we believe in you. We're going to stick around with you. Same thing with Tyler O'Neill. to your point, when you were talking about them looking for another bat, he is the bat if it works out that well. And you feel that way about a lot of guys, not only you know on the plate, but on the mound, certainly Jack Flaherty being a huge talking point there. So if people reach their potential, and this isn't even talking about the young guys, the guys who have been there and have shown that they can do it, if they reach their potential, then there's no telling what the Cardinals could do. It's an interesting makeup because you have those super established veterans, Wainwright, Goldschmidt, Arnato, even though he's new to the team, Wilson Contreras obviously has established himself. But then out of that, I mean, and then Tommy Edmonds kind of that one from a position player standpoint, he's kind of that one kind of middle guy. And then everybody else is just so incredibly young. Yeah, everybody's young. And it's the balance that you really want. You want the veteran experience and then you want the young potential. And that potential, the great thing about the Cardinals team is a lot of that potential. And I put that in quotation marks again, not really great for radio. Mm -hmm. But when you think about the potential, it's potential that we've already seen. It's just about getting it on a consistent basis. So Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, you've seen the years that they've potentially had. You saw a blip from Juan Yepes last year. You saw what Lars Newtbar could do. I mean, he had a couple walk-off diving catches, walk-off hits, celebrating with Nolan Arenado. And everything you hear about it is confidence in all of that, both from management and from the, vet the veteran leadership, like Paul Goldschmidt, like Nolan Arenado, who say, hey, we've seen these guys, Lars Newtbar being a good example. We've seen the work they've put in. They can be successful for us. If they live up to it, then we can live up to these lofty expectations we all have as a Cardinals team in pursuing a World Series. Daniel Esteve is continuing to join us. You uh, see him on Fox 2 and also on uh, Channel 11. One of the big uh, individuals who was talked about today was Nolan Gorman. And, and Oliver Marmel has talked a lot about the fact that last year they basically gave him an assignment and he came to camp, and the assignment's been completed, at least in terms of non-competitive situations, just in fixing his swing He's the guy on this roster who can give you 30 home runs. He's another potential difference-making bat, I think. Yeah, from the left side, too, when you think about that DH role, and of course he can play in the field as well at second base, but when you think about that, that left-sided bat, and that person that could fill that DH role, you're missing a guy from last year that may or may not be a Hall of yeah. Famer. I don't know. We'll see. But he's gone, and now you need that slot to be filled. Nolan Gorman showed the power. I mean, I always go back to uh, this one game last year where I was able to take my girlfriend to her, you know, one of her first games at Bush Stadium, and it was the Padres game at home, the series that they swept San Diego, actually, and he went yard crazy bombs, like, in that game. 
And that was something we saw at BP. It was interesting that they talked about the technicality of his swing more so than anything. Swinging on a flatter plane, obviously getting the bat through the swing plane a bit longer, keeping it in that zone. And my goodness, was he ripping the ball. I tweeted about it a couple of days back when we were watching his, his BP session. The ball is just flying off of his yeah. bat. And you can tell that he's really technical. He wasn't even goofing around with some of the other players. Of course, Lars is out there laughing. Some of the guys, even Tommy, Dylan are chatting away. Nolan Gorman seems as focused as I've ever seen him. And if that translates to living up to that potential, a big word that we use a lot this season, then you have a guy who could really do some damage. 30 home runs, certainly an attainable goal. Did you impress your girlfriend with good seats at the game? No, no, I'm going to say it straight up. So I'm a sucker for the bleachers. I just love it. And, you know, we've been talking about sunburns. You go out there in the middle of July or whenever it was, you're going to get burnt. But I just love being out there, you know, and I I love the way they've done the bleachers out there. You've still got a little backrest. And, yeah, even though you're baking in the sun, you get to see the whole ballpark. It really is great. The only problem was that day we were in left field, Nolan Gorman was sending him out to right. Oh, okay, fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Just a couple more things for uh, Daniel Esteve before we uh, get him out of here now you're going to be leaving spring training what uh tomorrow saturday, tomorrow yes right? saturday morning so i'm out of here i fly out of fort lauderdale and and then it's back to the grind but the travel doesn't stop there i'll be actually in austin the following week to cover city's first away game and first inaugural game out in uh, at austin fc so that'll be a really great time obviously we'll have live hits on friday leading up to the coverage and then we'll cover the game on saturday it's a really cool time for st louis sports right now the cardinals are gearing up and then you have two new franchises i know the the battle hawks were kind of around before but it's a, it's a new edition of them the battle hawks and city also coming in relatively close to each other and we'll see if the blues still have a run in them but in terms of just cardinals starting and two new teams start beginning for for the first time ever it's kind of cool yeah i've talked about this with several people back in the fall i put together a piece kind of forward looking to what spring 2023 will mean to St. Louis, and it was almost a hype video, which you don't technically see a lot in television news, but it really was an opportunity to hype up what St. Louis sports fans should be excited for come spring 2023, and it felt like so long away when I was putting that piece together, and now we're here, and we've got a Battle Hawks game Sunday, we've got City the following Saturday, and we're in spring training for the Cardinals with what should be a very exciting Cardinals team for very different reasons than they were exciting last year. You know, hopefully the Blues can turn it around and start making a run, which they have with three straight wins. So all in all, you know, they're peaking at the right time for St. Louis. And you've got to imagine that if these teams continue to sustain, specifically City and the Battle Hawks, it's only going to get better. So I wasn't planning on talking to you about this, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. And I want to get your thoughts. So I worked in minor league baseball for years. And in minor league baseball, we always said when we're trying to get people to come to the ballpark, we're not competing with a major league baseball team for somebody to come to the game. We're competing with people going to the movies, going bowling, going mini golfing, things like that. So with all due respect to all parties involved, I I don't think the battle Hawks are competing with the Cardinals. Uh, I don't know if city is or not. I don't know if city's like competing with the bike from, from the sports fan perspective. And if you're the battle Hawks trying to draw people in and your city city's already sold out everything. So it doesn't even matter. But like, I just, who are you competing with? How, how does that all work? Do you get kind of where I'm going with this? Yeah, absolutely. But it's all about, it's all a matter of perspective, yeah. right? You're talking from the perspective of the franchises. Yes. So City, the XFL, nobody's going to compete with the Cardinals in that regard. But the most important thing is the fan, St. Louis sports fans, the neutral fan, the new fan, the OG fan, they all win 
with these teams in full force, having those options to on any given day of the week in a spring or whatever the time of the year is to be like, man, I want to get my fix of St. Louis sport. I'm going to go to this franchise, this franchise, this franchise. Hopefully they're all successful as well because success drives interest at the same time. But when you, when you think about the fan as a whole and you think about St. Louis as a whole and its development, having those options is huge. And all those teams want to support St. Louis. You'd at least hope that, right? So St. Louis sports fans, no matter what the franchises are thinking about, they're winning right now in spring 2023. They're going to get their taste. And if they're having a problem figuring out what game to go to this weekend, that's a pretty good problem to have. It is a good problem. I love those days. We have them sometimes with like the Blues and Cardinals when Blues are late in the season or Blues in the playoffs. And you get the Blues and Cardinals on the same day. We used to have that sometimes. And they do a great job. The Blues will have like a 7 p.m. The Cardinals will have like a 12. You can go to the game, hang around BPV, then make the walk down to Enterprise and then have yourself a full day of St. Louis sport. Imagine you throw a city game at 11 or noon on a Sunday or something like that. I know right now they're all scheduled for late, but... I mean, you have yourself a, a trifecta, right? It's pretty cool. It is really cool. Daniel, it's good to see you. So give a plug because I know you're putting stuff together uh, that's going to continue to run on, on Channel 2 and Channel 11 just for folks that want to see what you've been working on. What's the best way to do it? Yeah, so the best way to do it is obviously to tune into Fox 2 KPLR. It's really hard to miss our times. We're on, for sports in particular, at 4 and 7 on KPLR. Then we're on at 5, 6, 9, 10, and 11. You can always catch our reruns in the morning as well for those of you who wake up plenty earlier than I do. And we'll have sound from just about every Cardinal there is. We were able to talk to plenty of them. They were so generous with their time and a lot of great storylines to look forward to. And it's only going to continue whether it's with the Cardinals, whether it's with the Battlehawks, whether it's with City, any high school team and beyond. It's all St. Louis sports and it's all fun. Is Daniel Esteve. Follow him on Twitter at Daniel J E S T E V E. Let me do that again. Daniel J E S T E V E. You say that too fast. It gets jumbled. It just up. gets bumbled. Yeah, yeah it's so, okay. So we, uh, we took care of that and uh, see him on Fox 2 and also uh, KPLR 11. Daniel, thanks for the time. Yeah, appreciate it. We'll take a break and we'll have more from Jupiter. This is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Back on Sports Open Line here on KMOX. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line as we broadcast from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, Florida. We are basically uh, across the street from Roger Dean Stadium, part of the uh, Cardinals Spring Training Complex. Again, uh, this weekend will be the final weekend where it is just pitchers and catchers that have technically had to report, but everybody's here. We keep saying that, you know, first full squad workout is coming up on Monday. That is in uh, title only. Essentially, everybody has arrived, and there's a lot of work that is going on uh, right now here in uh, Jupiter, which obviously is very good to see. All right, we have come to that point of the show. We do this uh, every day. Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel has his uh, daily media session as he uh, talks through uh, a number of uh, different things, and we always like to be able to uh, bring you much of what was said. Uh, Let's start with something that we were talking about uh, earlier this hour. We opened up this hour talking about the Ryan Helsley situation and him losing his arbitration hearing and just how that went and how how he's feeling about the uh, organization. Marmel was asked about that situation and said that uh, arbitration, it's a tough thing for players to go through. It's tough. Um, That process is never easy. And um, and speaking to to Hells earlier today, he's he's a pro's pro. He understands that that process is a back and forth of hearing a lot of things you don't like hearing, but it's not personal and it's just part of the business. So is he happy? Not really. Is he, is it going to affect what he does today? Not at all. You, you understand what it looks like and then you move on and he's uh, as pro as they get. So 
will be just fine. We got the chance earlier today to uh, talk with uh, one of the newest Cardinals and pitcher Wilkin Rodriguez. He's a really interesting case, someone who's bounced around for a while. He's a high velo guy, and um, but he also has not had any type of uh, sustained success in Major League Baseball. Last year when he was playing in Mexico, reportedly the Cardinals were interested in him, but uh, they weren't able to get a deal done with the buyout uh, that goes along with uh, with leaving those teams and coming to Major League Baseball. So it's just been an interesting uh, path for him. He does eventually uh, end up with the Cardinals, and, for, and he's a Rule 5 guy too, so he's got a very, very good chance of making it onto the big league roster because if he doesn't, uh, he has to be uh, offered back to his previous team. Marmel talking about him says that uh, Rodriguez has a chance to make an impact in this bullpen. This is a guy that there's some opportunity there, and um, we'll see how it plays once we start seeing him every day. But um, spins it, has a good breaking ball, and the way he uses his fastball and where he misses with it is going to be uh, uh, some low-hanging fruit, in our opinion, as far as improving that. So we'll see what the next several weeks look like there. So talking about Rodriguez kind of moved the conversation in the direction of just the high velo guys and what they can bring because uh, he is somebody he can hit triple digits. Obviously, Ryan Helsley and Jordan Hicks, uh, they are triple digit guys as well. But they all have a little bit of a different profile. Uh, that was something that uh, Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch specifically uh, brought up, the fact that, yeah, all those guys are high velo guys, but they're kind of high velo guys in different ways. And uh, Marmel talked about that a little bit and how uh, that can be a weapon where you've got velocity, but you also have the uh, velocity in, a, uh, in, in different types of ways. It could be an interesting makeup for sure. I mean, I didn't like facing 100, especially when it was moving the way these guys throw it. So, um, yeah, there's a, definitely a difference in each one of their fastballs as far as what it does and how it plays in the zone. Um, but we'll see kind of – it'll be good to see it day to day and see where it goes. Since we're talking about pitching and we're certainly talking about uh, strikeouts when you talk about uh, players with uh, high velocity, something else that's been uh, focused on this year is swing and miss. They want to get more swing and miss, and this is a year where that's going to become that much more important. As fun as baseball might be when you're pitching contact and guys are working behind you, the fact of the matter is the overshift is going away, so there's going to be more ground balls that are going to make their way to the outfield, and that makes swing swing and miss pitchers that much more important. Something that uh, Marmel talked about today was just the fact that uh, Cardinals pitchers need to do a better job and they need to get more strikeouts uh, finishing off at bats when they get the two strikes, being able to find that next pitch to get the strikeout. They have the ability to do it, how they get the two strikes and then where they're missing with two strikes comes into play. Um, The reality is these are guys that have all pitched to contact early because they can locate their stuff and we have a really good defense and we position our guys well. Now your question a couple of days ago was like, all right, without the shift, mm-hmm. does that change things? I, I think it does a little bit. Um, is it going to drastically change how Adam Wainwright pitches? No. Mm-hmm. Um, but do, do we believe that there's some opportunities to kill with two strikes a little more than we have? Yes. One more thing on uh, pitching before we uh, move on to some things on uh, position players. Uh, Marmel was asked whether or not, uh, you know, really at what point in time you have to start defining roles. There's going to be guys who are competing for a starting role, but then uh, maybe they're in between being a starter at Memphis or a reliever in the big league bullpen, just, you know, 
roles at some point do need to be defined, but Marmel said that point has not yet hit. I think that stuff usually figures itself out the deeper you get into camp. Obviously, there will be a date where we say this is our rotation that we're moving forward with pending any injury, but yeah, we got we got time. Yeah, still a lot of time left uh, here at spring trading before you have to get into a really defining roles. Somebody's been talked about a lot, and we talked about him with uh, Daniel Esteve uh, just a few moments ago here on Sports Open Line. Nolan Gorman has the potential to be a 30-home run guy in Major League Baseball. And he, there's a handful of players that are really key players for this team that if they can find that next level or if they can go back to their, their previous next level. So you think about Tyler O'Neill, I think you think about Jack Flaherty, and then Nolan Gorman. And the difference between the first two guys I mentioned and Gorman is those two guys have done it at the big league level. Gorman hasn't. But he's got the tools to be a 30-home run guy. And uh, when talking about him today, uh, Marmel did say that he's done a lot of work on his swing. When he just looks stronger, um, which is helpful. Uh, he's moving faster. And when I say that, I mean in his swing, there's just more explosiveness to what he's doing. Uh, mechanically, the swing is flatter through the top of the zone as far as being able to get to the fastball up. Um, rather than having that kind of that uphill move that he was making where he was collapsing here and coming up through the ball and not being able to catch any type of below at the top of the zone. That's why if you look at his AAA numbers, he did a nice job um, doing damage on off speed, um, but struggled to some degree even at AAA with the fastball at the top of the zone, and then they exposed it at the big league level. So he, uh, he went into the offseason really wanting to address that, and when you look at him hit BP and off the machine, you guys don't have the ability to kind of – Staying in the cage and watch him do below at the top. Like he's getting to that pitch and it's not forced. He's coming with ease. So to his credit, he he took the information, he applied it, and we're seeing a different guy. And now we want to see it against real pitching. You would go on to say a little bit more about Gorman, uh, just continuing to talk about the swing and the adjustments that he has made. You can work on it all day long. Once you start competing, there's another team across the way, and you're facing real pitching. We'll see how it plays. But from a work standpoint the, the intent behind what he's doing and how he's coming to camp nolan's a, a great example of that like he it looks different swing is flatter he's hitting the ball hard it's not as uphill so those are all things that we were hoping he would address based on how he was being pitched so are we happy with what we've seen in the last couple of days absolutely gorman like most players went into the offseason this past year basically with a with kind of a not a lesson plan, but certainly uh, some instructions on the things that the, the team would like him to work on. So when players arrive for spring training, uh, you kind of take that internal inventory of did they work on, did they get better uh, in those areas that you wanted them to get better at? And Marmel talked about that today, just uh, really, uh, especially early on in camp, as they look at players go through uh, their work, they're really hoping to see that players have gotten better in the areas that they focused on. Each guy has something that they're working on and spent the off season kind of improving upon. So depending on the guy, we're wanting to see if, if it looks different or if the same guy's rolling into camp and uh, our hope is that it looks different so it just depends on the guy um, as far as exactly what we're trying to pinpoint for the day but this early on you take everything with a little bit of the grain so it's, it's early and um, it'll get sharper the deeper we go and then a couple other random things uh, mentioned uh, today uh, the rules changes that are going to be going to effect this year at some point in time as spring training rolls on that's going to become more and more of a focus just making sure that players are prepared to play games with those rules and uh, that process is starting now we have time uh, I say that some guys are leaving and, and won't have to 
kind of play under the new rules in the WPC, but we do have enough time and we have a smart group. It uh, seems pretty easy to just be quicker. And uh, some of the disengagement stuff with the pitchers, we went through that yesterday and a little bit of it today in our morning meeting just to make sure people um, have a good understanding as to how that works and we'll put it in a play here pretty soon. And then the final thing, I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, Marmel was asked about young players on this team and the ability to go to some of the older players, the veteran players, and get advice and uh, how big of a part of just kind of continuing, you know, players coaching other players, for lack of a better term, and just kind of continuing the tradition that is uh, Cardinals baseball. I thought this was interesting what Marmel had to say about that. Yeah, you have a real honest group in there, and um, they're not going to – uh, give you fluff just to make you feel good. If, if our young guys ask a question, um, they may not like what they hear, but they're going to get a real truthful answer. Um, but that's what I like about that clubhouse is Gorman's ability to feel comfortable enough to ask Goldie a question and Goldie being honest and just letting them hear what he needs to hear. Um, so, yeah, it works well. So those were the comments of Oliver Marmel earlier today as the Cardinals do continue on with spring training. We will take a break, and when we come back, we will wrap up the program. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line. We are broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. My name is Matt Pauley on KMOX. Starting to wrap up this edition of Sports Open Line, a Graybar Sports Open Line broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, the home of the Cardinals, the Cardinals' spring training complex. We'll be back with you uh, next week for another week's worth of uh, shows here uh, from uh, from this location. And we'll also be uh, putting together our Countdown to Opening Day show, which will uh, air next Wednesday. Mike Claiborne and myself, I can tell you, I uh, talked with, uh, spoke with uh, Ken Rosenthal from uh, Fox Sports and The Athletic earlier today. And uh, we'll be playing that interview and much, much more coming up next Wednesday during Countdown to Opening Day uh, here on KMOX and across the Cardinals radio network. Wanted to spend a little bit more time on this, and we just kind of ran out of time, but best of luck to the St. Louis Battlehawks as they are set to open up their season coming up on Sunday. They are going to take on San Antonio on the road. That's going to be a 2 o'clock start on uh, Sunday. So that's exciting that the St. Louis Battlehawks are returning. We talked a little bit about them with uh, Daniel Esteve earlier in the program. Uh, Somewhat big news today, and we hit on this before, but just uh, a little bit more on it. Scott Rowland making the decision to go into the Hall of Fame uh, with a Cardinals logo, a Cardinals cap. And, you know, when he was first selected for induction of the Hall of Fame, like to me it was sort of a, a no-brainer that he would go in as a Cardinal. Now, there's some bias there when, when I think about it, but then when you dive in the numbers, it's not as clear-cut of a case as, as you might have thought. He played more games with the Phillies and with the Cardinals and a significantly more games with the Phillies at 844 games with the Phillies, 661 games with the Cardinals. Now, obviously there were some injury issues with the Cardinals. Uh, so he spent a lot of time with St. Louis, but in terms of games played, uh, he played a lot more games with the Phillies. He also had more career war in Philadelphia, 29.2 compared to 25.2. I uh, had the rookie of the year with the Phillies at the World Series uh, in 2006, and then his best season uh, in Major League Baseball was with the Cardinals as well uh, in 2004. That's when uh, he finished fourth in MVP voting. And this time with the Phillies, uh, was, it didn't in great form, but stuff like that doesn't matter anymore. Like that, that was such a long time ago. 
in a statement, he did specifically thank uh, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Toronto, and Cincinnati. He said, uh, quote, I believe this decision accurately represents a pivotal portion of my career based off our team's successes in St. Louis. I am grateful to Philadelphia, St. Louis, Toronto, and Cincinnati for the opportunities given me as a player, but more importantly, for how they embraced me and my family. Fred McGriff, by the way, going to go in without a logo on his cap, which is somewhat interesting. Uh, He played for Toronto, then San Diego, then Atlanta, then Tampa, then uh, the Cubs, and then the Dodgers. So he played in a good number of places. I think you probably remember him best with uh, with Atlanta. At least that, for me, that's the team that I remember him uh, best with. But then you know, he made a he made an impact when he was with the Cubs, and uh, certainly uh, early on in his career with uh, Toronto and San Diego as well. But and of course, this is where you insert the joke about the uh, the Fred McGriff uh, Tom Amansky hat that he was wearing uh, in the uh, in the commercial, and he should go in with uh, with that hat, which is. I'm not the first person to uh, make that joke, uh, to be sure, but certainly, uh, yeah, that's uh, he's gonna go in without uh, a logo. I wasn't sure what Roland was gonna do. I was not sure, and I think you could make a case for either side. We had Hannah Kaiser from Yahoo Sports on the night that he got selected for induction, and when when I referred to him as a former Cardinal, she pushed back and referred to him as a uh, as a former Philly. So uh, you'd love to like get him to sit down and go just talk to him through the decision-making process on how he made the decision that it was going to be the Cardinals. He's been so closely connected to the Cardinals, obviously, for a long time. Doesn't live that far away from St. Louis. He makes a lot of appearances, so he's probably more connected to the Cardinals organization now as a former player than he is with the Philadelphia Phillies. Last thing, this is a bummer. Clayton Kershaw is not going to participate in the upcoming uh, World Baseball Classic. He is uh, totally healthy, but uh, according to a report from uh, ESPN... The uh, issue was uh, getting his contract insured. Uh, it says uh, Kershaw wouldn't disclose details, but a source with, a source with knowledge of the situation said he was unable to attain insurance for his contract, likely because of his uh, history with back injuries. Kershaw, who will turn 35 next month, said he is nonetheless 100% healthy and had the full support of the Dodgers throughout the process. So a bummer for Kershaw. You know, we hear from Adam Wainwright and just how important it is to participate in the world baseball classic. I have to think from Kershaw's perspective, it is uh, largely the same. So I'm sure he is very, very disappointed that some previous health issues now uh, putting him in a spot where he cannot uh, go participate in the WBC because of the insurance that goes along with the contract. All right, that's going to do it for uh, this edition of sports open line here on KMOX. Again, we are broadcasting from the TR Hughes homes broadcast center in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, spring training will continue throughout the course of the weekend, and uh, we'll be back with you for a one-hour show on Monday. We'll be on from 7 to 8, immediately following the SLU Coaches Show. So look forward to uh, talking to you then. Thanks to everybody who uh, joined us today. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week right here on KMOX. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.